0: Well, Jared, welcome to The Journey, and um, just to just fill you in a little bit about what The Journey is about, The Journey is um, just ordinary people coming and talking about either um, setbacks they may have had or um, some type of struggle they may have had and how um, did they get through that struggle, and what did they learn from that, and then the idea of transformation as a result of that struggle. And so, um, so welcome to the journey. Uh, Thanks
1: for having uh, me. Yeah,
0: yeah, no problem. So, uh, so Jared, you are uh, co-owners of Rockford Art Deli, mm-hmm. which in itself has uh, gone through a bunch of transformations uh, in the last few years, yeah. and, and I would love to get into that. But before we uh, jump into that, and I know you guys have uh, some uh, big seasons coming up, get. Ready to start for the summer and everything, but um, tell me a little bit about you, just as a person. Like, what do you do for fun if you're not, because you work at, at Rad full time, right? Mm-hmm, yes. And um, when you're not there, what do you what do you do for fun?
2: Uh well. Relax, okay. meditate. Okay. Uh, uh, Pepper, you know Pepper, our shop dog. Like oh, I yeah, spend yeah. as much time with her. Okay. Um, outdoor activities, climbing, okay. hiking. Okay. Um, pretty much anything that's good, good for the body and, and mind. Okay.
0: <laughs> so you're one of the climbers. So I got a, a handful of friends that are yeah. all from downtown Rockford that are climbing. Uh, and so you, I didn't realize that. So yeah, I'm part of the,
2: the the local, I guess hidden climbing crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So where where uh, from a because I know uh, friends of ours, uh, Aaron and Flan, mm-hmm. they uh, had a, a training uh, yep. place inside their garage. Yep, just right? there last week. Oh, were you? Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. And uh, I remember when Aaron was creating that, that was like uh, amazing when you were telling me about that.
2: Yeah, garage climbing is uh, quite the craze. Um, there's actually a lot of hidden ones in Rockford. Is there? Um, okay. But yeah, just, you know, you can set up a cool little DIY climbing wall in your garage. And okay. it's a it's a good way of connecting with friends and community and um, the climbing culture is just this really powerful uh feeling
0: sure sure how, how long ago did you get into climbing when uh that...
2: i've actually climbed for since 2000 Oh wow! Uh, okay. on and off uh, when i went to school in minnesota i actually okay. climbed every day okay and then got to rockford and there was no climbing sure so right. kind of missed out on that for a while and then okay. rekindled with with this new new crew of guys okay and gals
0: so if you have a, a favorite place where you go to cli- where you've been climbing where where was your favorite place or or, or um,
2: I haven't done too much outdoor climbing, but Devil's Lake's really good. Oh, okay. Um, right. Indoor climbing wise, though, we go to like Chicago suburbs. Um, Brooklyn okay. Boulders is, okay. is one of our top places we gotcha. go.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, even when you were up in Minnesota where you got started, was that indoor climbing as
2: well? Yeah, yeah, okay. indoor climbing. It's just easier, you know, to climb by uh, indoor than it is to get all the gear to go outdoor.
0: Sure, sure. And I imagine then it's, is it as dependent on having somebody with you if you're doing depending
2: every, on if you're bouldering or climbing yeah but okay. if you're just bouldering you can go anywhere by yourself if you're actually like top rope climbing you need you know rope and someone to belay you mm-hmm. and a little more it's a little more dangerous
0: yeah so so regardless if it's indoor or outdoor you still need that partner to go with you and that's where that community piece yes comes in. yes
2: okay. yeah good. it's the yeah. Com- camaraderie and yeah there's the friendship that you build with okay. with climbing you know,
0: I, um, I a friend of mine, well, you might know, Jason Todd, mm-hmm. right? So he, Jason told me a story, and I probably won't get it exactly right, but he talked about how um, he was uh, not liking heights for for the longest time, didn't like heights. I think it was more about not wanting to fall in, in, in the landing that's, part that's of the That's a scary falling, thing, right? yeah. <laughs> and, um, and he talked about the difference between uh, two individuals on the edge of a, uh, a cliff or mm-hmm. edge of uh, some kind of landing – and what's the difference between the one that was uh, was comfortable there and the one that wasn't? And it was that fear of falling. Mm-hmm. And and he talked about the only way that he was going to overcome that was by practicing climbing. And I thought about that, and it makes complete sense. You know, mm-hmm. as a as a counselor, you're not ever going to get over um, a fear of heights by talking about it. There's just no way. got to get after it. Yeah. yeah. You have to actually experience <laughs> yeah. what it's like to be off the ground and know you're off the ground. Right. And, and I would think as long as you're being safe, um, you can experience that. It's and- still a
2: scary thing. You know, I'm, like even indoor, you know, you're 60 feet in the air mm-hmm. on a rope with the harness around your waist, and you're hoping that it's going to hold you. Yeah. You know that it will. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a scary thing. Of and then someone holding you. You know, their your life's in their hands. Right. Um, so right. it's a very big trust component component involved with it. Sure. So I could see how there could be a lot of it's, benefits. Yeah. I mean, even though you're, you know you're up at the top and you're there and you're feeling safe, but then you look down. And then you start overthinking and okay. you know, thinking of the worst possible things that could happen. But uh, I think it's an adrenaline—you know—it's definitely an adrenaline sport, so okay. it's it helps. Um, but up sixty feet in the air is scary. Still sixty feet. In yeah, the air. Any still, way you look at it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> even ten feet in the air, like, is still scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you went to we went to college in Minnesota.
2: Uh, I did a one-year tech school, okay. um, in Mania- like outside of Minneapolis, and okay. I did actually computer networking. So oh. I used to be an IT guy. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. For a very long time. Okay. Um, that was kind of my. Uh, high school through, yeah, later in life, and okay. um, that's kind of where I, I started started, okay. and then that progressed to a lot of different types of jobs and sure. careers and okay. learning experiences.
0: no high school was where? Where was high school? Uh, Byron High School. Oh, okay. So yep. you Graduate from Byron. Yep, graduate by Byron. Yeah. And uh, siblings? Uh, uh, I have a sister. Yeah, I have
2: an older sister. Um, she lives in Texas. Okay. Um and um yeah, she's she works on an Air Force base. Okay. Uh, doing very well for herself and okay. her husband. They live on a farm, so she's okay. you know, got cows and chickens and okay. horses and random animals.
0: Okay. Now is she is she military or she's she not, she's a civilian, yeah. Civilian. Yeah, working. but she's
2: been in there I think she's posted that t- over twelve years. Oh wow. A okay. civilian.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And mom and dad still live in Byron area?
2: Uh my mom lives in um the German Valley area. My oh, dad okay. passed away before like six years, seven years ago. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. How, how did he... How uh, did heart attack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that would have made him how old?
2: Uh, 60. I think he was around 60. Okay. Yeah, really young. Yeah.
0: Very young. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. It was Did he have heart heart issues up until that point? Yeah,
2: yeah. it wasn't the best scenario. Smoking and drinking, you know, okay. don't really help with the heart. No? <laughs> <at
0: all. laughs> well, it's, it's amazing. I, um, I went to... A, a, years ago i took a tour of a um, cath lab Mm -hmm. and they had never been any kind of experience like that and they talked about that and i had always thought of because we have a a long history of cardiac disease on my 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 mom's side of the family and i always thought that diet was kind of the worst thing for your heart and Mm -hmm. and obviously is a major contributor but um this doctor, um, talked about, um, this cardiologist talked about how smoking is much worse for your heart than, um, than even, you know, you know, poor diet Mm -hmm. just because of what it does to the Cardiovascular system, yeah, and um, and I always thought, well, it affects your lungs, but not about the cardiovascular, but because all the different um, toxins that are in cigarettes, yeah, primarily cigarettes, yeah,
2: it's pretty much just poison in a little it, little stick, exactly, <laughs> and and
0: because people who smoke have a tendency, they just don't smoke one cigarette,
2: yeah, it's very addictive. They're smokers. Yeah, yeah. luckily so, it's not as popular these days as it used to be. It,
0: it is amazing. I I did a talk not not that long ago about and. Um, it was amazing how uh, how much that's tr- changed. Mm-hmm. 85 percent of the population smoked in the fifties, yeah. and
2: now it's. It's because the Marlboro Man's gone. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't look cool anymore. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. So, so you went to Minnesota mm-hmm. um, for tech school, then mm-hmm. you came back to Rockford. Yeah,
2: so I graduated. Well, I graduated high school in two thousand. Okay. Um, right when I was getting out of the tech school, is when nine eleven happened. Oh. So the job market kind of wasn't higher, you know, it wasn't as uh, popular anymore. So yeah. everything was kind of on a lockdown. Um, so I ended up moving back to to Byron and okay. lived with my mom and dad and okay. uh, yeah, and just, you know, trying to figure out, I was like, well, at least this is safe, I can go back and, you know, okay. can get a little helping hand while I'm trying to figure out life. And okay. uh, um, I pretty immediately got jobs locally doing, you know, IT work and okay. um, where did I go after that? I think after that I, Ended up at um, Zoomies, so I actually opened the Zoomies in Rockford. Oh, did you? I was one of the first crew that got that thing running. Okay. So I was store manager there for about three years. So okay. that kind of helped me get my retail roots. Um, okay. And kind of with you know great customer service, they were really known for that. Very much. Very um, much. so that kind of helped gear me towards you know where I'm at today. Okay. Um, just little little chunks. Okay.
0: So, so <clears throat> obviously Zoomies. Um, Especially back then, when it first came, was uh, um, I don't know if you'd call it a specialty shop, but it was.
2: It's very specialty, yeah. Yeah. Online online sales weren't as big. Um, You know, everyone actually came to the shop by skateboard, snowboard. Um, You know, we did have good local shops too. We had um, the station and Mm. ski rack, and Mm. um, but it was you know a different vibe, Uh, but it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, You know they they treated the employees very well. A lot of contests, uh, a lot of travel. Um, so it was a it was a great company to work for. Um, I don't know what it's like now. You know, yeah. it's usually things change and True. progress. And yeah. uh, but no, it was definitely a good stepping stone okay. and good life lessons for me.
0: Yeah. So when you think of the your experience at Zoomies, what would be like a couple things that you most took out of that that you think you brought over to? Um, rockford Art
2: going let's say customer service was the number one you know okay. giving attention to every person that walked in the door um you know genuine not just a used car salesman kind of vibe mm-hmm. uh just the connections and the the um, morale uh, the team morale everyone was very excited to work together and it was very fast-paced high energy um mm-hmm. it's kind of how i am all the time sure uh so it's just helped learning you know to run a store it's it was just easier then because it wasn't my money. <laughs> you know, payroll, uh, uh, spoiled shirts, uh, theft, like none of that was was my pocket. So it's right. definitely different when you own your own business because everything's out of your pocket. Right. Oh, um, yeah, a lot definitely. more emotion involved when it's when it's your money, yeah. not someone else's money.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I agree uh, but no, I would
2: that. say just the overall processes and how they ran the business in general, their core values, just it was all it all helped me kind of get excited about wanting to do some more sort of retail in my future
1: you know
0: it's interesting when you talk about i remember going to zoomies and bringing Mm -hmm. um, my son there because he was into skateboarding Mm -hmm. when he was younger and it and i didn't necessarily i wouldn't have used those words but now reflecting back on it it very much was an experience Mm -hmm. once you walk through you cross that threshold it was it was definitely an experience, yeah. and um, and I think that it's very similar to when uh, down at Rockford Art Valley, it's, it's very much. I remember the first time I drove past there, um, I didn't Rockford Art Valley. What, you know, what kind of sandwiches do they have? It, well, so I, I was like, what what exactly is going on yeah. here? I didn't, and um, and then I remember um, when Corbin Tyson did mm-hmm. his. Um, premiere yeah the Fatherhood project yeah Yeah. and that was that was the first time that I'd actually spent time okay at Rockford Art Deli and Corbin I've been friends for a long time so that was a a pretty cool evening
2: yeah Uh, yeah it's that was the the whole premise of Rockford Art Deli was to create an experience mm -hmm. Um, creating t-shirts is cool um, it's easy, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like creating a t-shirt, anyone can do it at their house in their basement. Right. Um, but I wanted people to be involved and to interact and to see it happen. You know, right. uh, everyone likes to see how things are made. Sure. Uh, you know, we don't, it's not a normal everyday thing. You get to see how shirts are made or how cars are made or how a painting is made. Um, so it's just fun to be a part of it and to actually see it happen. Right. So our, we're one of the only print shop retail spaces that are this kind of style Mm -hmm. Um, you know there's smaller scale ones but but we we figured it out we Mm -hmm. figured out this niche that um, just pulled people in right right. and it's exciting you know it's just fun to see people's faces like kids adults grandparents they walk by and you know their minds blown because they just saw a t-shirt get made yeah Uh, so it's like the you know one of my most joyful I guess parts of the thing is just seeing people be excited they're like kind of like a little kid again learning how things are made sure um so that's the fun part of it
0: you know it's interesting uh, when i think of like other places that do that it's like when you go on vacation mm-hmm. to myrtle beach or you go wherever that yeah. you can it's very have
2: gimmicky touristy yeah, yeah cheap
0: yeah and yeah. it's and it's very much that but you the the type of product type of t-shirt that it's a much different quality mm-hmm. it's a much different experience and maybe um and you guys do printmaking. Yeah. Which is different than silkscreen.
2: Yeah, we don't do as much in shop anymore, um, but like flat stock posters, um, you know, reproduction of, of art. Like uh, Sarah Reed uh, McNamara is one of, you know, we've reprinted some of her her woodblock prints. Mm-hmm. So I've scanned that, turned into a screen print, and then duplicated them for them. It's okay. a little different process. Okay. Uh, but yeah, mostly, I say mostly now t shirts. I've been trying to focus on what our niche is instead mm-hmm. of offering. A million things right. you know it's going to a restaurant and getting a 20 page menu sure and you're wondering how they make all of them really good yeah um, I like to have a very small menu and okay. say that we do these you know handful of things really really good
0: okay so then you, so right now mostly you focus on t-shirts, t-shirts yep. is the, is yeah
2: t-shirts perfect. is the 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 main thing and and we do so we we're, we're kind of two businesses in one okay. um, so we're retail so mm-hmm. you walk in buy a, a rad t-shirt uh, but then we do custom printing, and that's what I've been doing for 15 years. Mm. So schools, businesses, bands, events—that's okay. um, that's kind of where I started. Okay. Um, let's say 70% of our business though now is walk-in, okay. so just people coming out on the streets to buy a t-shirt, okay. uh, which is never would have thought in a million years that that would be a thing. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of fun because you um, you know margins are a little better mm-hmm. on, on creating our own goods and you're you get to kind of be more selective with your clientele right. uh so you don't have to deal with you know the the, the ups and downs of of custom work sure, sure. Um, but that's still kind of you know our main our main focus is still working with local businesses and, okay. and schools and bands and trying to help you know give back okay uh but yeah so it's 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 a very complex in in the back end of how mm-hmm. the two businesses work together okay
0: all right so, so tell us a little bit about so you wanted you you took a lot of things that you learned from zoomies Mm -hmm. and other different experiences like that and and then you had a company before Mm rad and and so tell us a little bit about that and what that experience was like and
2: so yeah so i actually started um boarded up productions was my original company and i did video production uh so extreme sports so i did a full-length wakeboard video um was called mullet mayhem okay uh i traveled around for a whole summer and filmed wakeboarders all in the midwest um some in florida uh, but mostly all Midwest riders. So mm-hmm. some pros that moved to Florida, I went down and filmed them. And um, that kind of kickstarted my entrepreneur um, lifestyle. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I lived in my mom's basement. I did all my video editing and stuff down there. Um, but it was incredible. Probably one of the, one of the best summers of my life. Because you just met new people every weekend sure. that were excited about the sport they were in and just had fun. You know, it wasn't... I went to some competitions, but it was mostly like their you know boat house their lake their river wherever they're at so it was their kind of vibe uh so i started doing that and was going to do more extreme sports and then realized that it's very expensive to make videos um and you don't make a lot of money back on them unless you're a pro or have you know uh deeper roots in the community uh but would never you know replace that it was it was so fun
0: so how old were you about that time?
2: Um, mid twenties.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so during the week you were working.
2: Yeah, I like, worked IT job, IT job full time and then on the weekends would travel. Okay. You know, kind of like Superman style, I would change into my board shorts and my video camera okay. And, okay. and go sit on a boat for a weekend and okay. and I don't want to use the word party, but um, it was kind of a party. Sure. Like every weekend was a party. Sure, yeah.
0: sure. And then getting to meet new people all the time. Yeah. And yeah. doing what they loved, mm-hmm. and so that must have been.
2: And yeah, capturing and you know in their love, like yeah. capturing them in their, in their moment, doing what they love.
0: Okay. And I'm guessing just by the way you describe it, you were funding this all.
2: Oh yeah, everything yeah. was self. Every, my whole life has been self-funded. Everything's yeah. been out of okay. pocket. and Okay. Yeah.
0: So so that's where, and that's where we sometimes learn. Even mm-hmm. though we love doing it, we're passionate about doing it. We have a great experience doing it. Then when we you know, we look at what's the return on this? Yeah. Um, it was like ooh, well we may have to be selected before we do that. Yeah, thing. and
2: I think the return on those were were experiences and memories. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I was ever in it to make money. Okay. Um, I mean, that's you always want to, you know, like oh, I'll be the next video, yeah, the next video guy. Um, but I think it was just the experience. You know, I was mm-hmm. at a good point in life that I was able to travel, able to enjoy, have fun. Mm-hmm. No, you know, not any big responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those those lessons were just total experience, you know, okay. memories and experiences.
0: Gotcha. And so that was mid 2000s, right?
2: Yeah, 2000, early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. And
0: then after that, you're still working in IT during the week. Still IT during the week. And then, and what was, what was kind of the next?
2: So the revolution? screen printing became the next thing. I got really excited about making t-shirts because okay. um, I saw it at events and I was like, Oh, maybe this is my next thing. Okay. Uh, so wrote a business plan, went to a local bank in Byron, said, Hey, I want to start a company. Um, ordered all of my equipment actually from uh, my good friend now, Ryan. Uh, he owns Ryanet uh, out in Vancouver, Washington. So okay. I actually bought my first setup from him when he first started his business, and we've been really good friends for okay. 15 years now. Uh, but yeah, just ordered all the equipment and was like, okay, I've got to figure it out. So just started figuring it out. Okay. Never took a class, never, um, okay. you know, YouTube wasn't really around then, like, uh, there was, but not, like, as much now. Sure. So it was just trial and error, messing up shirts, and okay. trying to figure out how to make money. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, so that was um, 2004, okay. around 2004-ish, when I got that started, right. and then just... Now, yeah, now it's T-shirts everywhere.
0: <laughs> so so then, now what was the name of the company? That, that was Boarded Up Productions. Oh, so it still yep. was the same as the video. Yep.
2: but then that eased into Pirate Ninja Print Shop.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you went from it being a production company, mm-hmm. and then as that started tapering off, then...
2: Um, Just the T-shirts kind of flowed into that. Okay. Um, So then that was really, like, very on the side, like, you know, but then it became full-time, full-time. Like, so I had a full-time job, and then would do all-nighters and print all night, you Uh know, to to get those done and then go back to the IT job in the day. So it was a lot of flipping kind of mindsets every day.
0: Okay. So when – yeah, tell us a little bit about the experience of – at some point, right, mm-hmm. it, the, the full-time IT, which is actually how you're getting paid, yep. and that's steady money, Correct. right? And and then, but now this thing with the T-shirts is building building some momentum. Yeah, tell us about making that leap because that had to be a little scary.
2: Yeah, so um, before RAD opened, I actually worked at Field Fastener in oh, town as, yeah. a, as an IT guy. Yeah. Um, so I was there for a few years and, um, you know, still running my business full-time on the side and doing that full-time uh, and then the salon was getting ready to go out uh, below us where we're at now and I was like oh we should get a retail spot um, we kind of had some little things going before that doing like uh, some different fairs and just with different Rockford style shirts um, I think when we originally started they're actually a little more campy and um, not negative but more poking fun at Rockford and, you know, because it was an easy thing to do, okay. um, you know, in 2011, okay. uh, around that time. Uh, and then I didn't like that vibe. I, I felt like we should be more positive and pushing positivity okay? because uh, it's so easy to get caught up in negativity. Mm-hmm. And if people are complaining, you know, it's easy to get sucked into that world. And then right. you start complaining and right. it's a whole mindset thing. Uh, So we started doing positive. I was like, let's do positive shirts, you know, just things that are promoting Rockford. Like it's we didn't we didn't invent the wheel, you know. It's people were doing it um, in other states and cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was just the opportunity was there. It was open. Uh, I put a two month notice in at my job, and uh, this was right around City Market. So that was kind of our debut was at City Market. Okay. Um, And while we were doing that, we I was working on this build out. So full time job screen printing and I was doing a full demo and rebuild
0: and you were physically doing
2: something yeah. like demo yourself I would say 90% of it I did by myself mm-hmm. um you know I definitely had friends and but it was all you know it was very low budget I didn't have a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was just whatever I made that week okay, <laughs> uh, okay. so built out the store and you know demoed it and l- luckily you know I have a good friend network and helped you know cleaning and painting and pulling nails and okay uh yeah, so that was a, a very long, expensive start, but I did it in two months. Oh wow! So we had okay. a full demo in about two months, and then had our grand opening in September.
0: Okay. So going back to making the decision to mm. make that take that leap, because now you're going from the steady paycheck, mm-hmm. right? To even though the business had been part time, it it had started gaining some momentum, but now. Mm-hmm all your eggs are gonna be in this basket. What what was that like?
2: Uh I'm kind of a just jump into things kinda okay. guy. <laughs> okay. okay. Um I definitely mentally was thinking about the you know, like that paycheck just shows up all the time and it's great. <laughs> um but we so you know I already had an established business that was doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't definitely a full time like salary. Mm-hmm. Uh but it was definitely moving. You mm-hmm. know, we were we were making money and um, i don't know if I was actually making money because i didn't really know how to do bookkeeping and stuff then mm-hmm. uh but it was it was in the right direction and you know we we already had a good community in the area of our community uh so it was really scary and um but I figured why not try it sure uh so it and it was like an instant i wouldn't say instant success, but just the the love from Rockford back on us just made mm-hmm. me kind of like powered me up okay. uh You know, just our grand opening. I still can remember it It was, you know, I had, like, eight different shirts in there. Okay. We had two, a couple of racks and, like, a few different shirts. And it just, like, our shop was empty. You know, now we don't have any room in the shop. But I don't really remember being scared doing, like, doing the switch. Like, I think it was just, like, a natural progression. Okay. Um, You know, Brittany was already doing full-time shop stuff so she was like the first full-time employee okay um while i was doing everything you know the, the full-time job and all that okay. so she was getting all the stuff ready for me when i got home and then i'd print them oh all right okay. so yeah so it was uh so i had like the during the day kind of things happening
0: so she so she Brittany is, is your partner mm-hmm. right and um and so she, for her, part of, part of her role was to be getting everything ready for the retail end of things.
2: Uh, so this was before the retail. Oh, but but this was yeah. before the... Oh. Um, so she was getting all the commercial... Oh, like the, the commercials. The, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, obviously still doing all the, the retail things too, but okay. um, I'm sure like thinking back now, it's like way easier then. You know, we only had a few different designs that we had to figure out and it wasn't as uh, big of a moving moving parts as it okay. is now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so everything would get ready and then I would get home, you know, at... 5.30 and turn on the dryer and start printing things. Okay. Um, which was, you know, interesting because it was, yeah, I don't even remember. It must have just blacked out for a few months and it <laughs> just happened.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember, I know for me, when I've made those transitions to different jobs, um, and, and, you know, having having a wife and who was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and in two kids, there when I made my major um, steps into those areas, either – leaving um, the school system I was working at to jump into doing full-time clinical practice mm-hmm. or when I left that practice to open up KP counseling, there was this, um, uh, I knew it was the right thing to do, um, so there was never a doubt about those things, but it was all those, how is this going to work? I mean.
2: Yeah, I don't think I ever thought about that. Okay. I think okay. I just knew that, I, I think just for my work ethic and, and growing up, you know, like my mom and dad worked full-time jobs, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, still had everything done at the house and, you know, took care of us. And, uh, I don't think I ever had a, a doubt that it wouldn't work. Okay. Um, I just knew that somehow it would happen. Okay. You know, it's kind of that, oh, well, you know, paycheck to paycheck, I guess, mentality of like, well, I know it's going to be there somehow. The harder I work, you know, more more things will happen. Yeah.
0: So, where do you? So, the work ethic piece mm-hmm. and the self discipline, obviously, that's a big part of what I'm hearing you say, yeah. and that's and that was a big part of what you had confidence and faith in. Mm-hmm. And um, where do you think that came from? Where? Oh, it was still totally in my parents. Okay. so yeah. Tell us about. Uh,
2: uh, it was just you know. I think all they did was work and, okay. uh, everything we did, you know, at the house, um, was all done by my dad or, you know, my mom, like everything, we didn't hire things out, you know, cause it was, you know, it was definitely a paycheck to paycheck. You know, I was, a I had a normal childhood, I guess, okay. um, just worked hard and, you know, I had started working, when I was like 14, okay. uh, painting and mowing. And, um, so I had that. Oh, I can make money and buy things. Yeah, yeah. you know, I was like, this, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I got that work ethic very early, but my mom was a workaholic and, you know, she worked 50, 60 hours a week. What'd she do? Um, Then she was, where was she at then? I think she was either in the food industry or she used to run the Old County Jail's kitchen. Oh, okay. Um, for, I think she's retired. So like 20, yeah, 20 plus years. Okay. Um, so yeah, so she for Ogle County. Ogle County, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, so she ran that. So it was just a nonstop kind of thing, and then come home and cook. And so yeah, it was just a nonstop kind of uh, workload.
0: And then what did Dad do?
2: Uh, he was a food salesman, Cisco Foods. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he, he sold that stuff. So yeah, you know, I guess I had like the work ethic, the the sales mentality in my mm. my childhood all the time. So I kind of saw that happening.
0: And if your dad did sale, there was an element of. You had to do some hustle. You yep. had you had to push and, mm-hmm. and you can't rely on what you did last month is doesn't guarantee right. what you're gonna do. It's definitely do next a commission
2: based kind of vibe. The harder yeah. you work, the more money you make. Yeah.
0: And then mom, obviously, she just had to put her t- the amount of energy and mm-hmm. time she had to just put into it yeah. helped her have a career in that.
2: Correct. Yeah.
0: So you got to see both of those. Was mm-hmm. your sister the same way?
2: Oh uh, yeah, she's definitely a go getter. I mean, even now, like she's got her full time job and then runs a full time farm. Okay, Which yeah. I have no, I thought I was busy but <coughs> listening to what she has to do, like birth calves and chase chickens and find horses. And yeah, like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: A little bit different than retail. Totally different than retail. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, uh, I like what I do.
0: <laughs> so so this idea of, uh, so going back to the idea of uh, just a belief and understanding and experience of this work ethic and similar to when you were out and um, first graduated and 9/11 happened, mm-hmm. your interest was in IT you were you were in the front end of that mm-hmm. or yeah. pretty much on the front end of that. Um, so it wasn't like everyone knew how to do everything it right. still was new um, and and so but there was also this idea of uh, the entrepreneur wanting to wanting to have and do something more the when you first talked about the wakeboarding and that particular that that production company, mm-hmm. and um, and so, but you but you also wanted to give back, and I'm interested in making that switch. And yeah, yeah. it's like you said, it's easy, and it's um, there, there's an element. It's 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 like um, being able to gossip, right? Yep. You know, talking negative about yep. something is easy to get fans to do that, Correct. but it, it's short lived, right?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a short-lived, you know, like negativity only goes so far. Right. Negativity doesn't make change. Right. Um, negativity doesn't fix people. Yeah. Um, it You know, it's it's toxic. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a disease in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it could be a disease. Negativity could be a disease. Uh, yeah, and I think starting Rad, like, I didn't realize how powerful it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, how powerful of change, how powerful um, people would take to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to i'm an entrepreneur i need to make some money i'm going to like print cool t-shirts and people will buy them yeah. um and then you know they'll buy other stuff they'll order t-shirts for their family reunion or their business mm-hmm. um i n- never in a million years would have thought the impact that we would create now mm-hmm. um and where it would lead me in life um i guess transitioning a little to to that we make our own t-shirts mm-hmm. um we actually so we print them but we actually are oh, yeah. one of 10 yeah. founders in Cutting and sewing the T-shirt like that I'm wearing now. Okay. Uh, so in each T-shirt there's six recycled plastic water bottles, um, okay. that get pulled out before they go in, you know, landfill in the U.S. Um, 25% organic U.S. cotton and 25% modal, which is a beech tree. Okay. Um, so all that's done in the U.S. and then shipped to Haiti to a high living wage facility, um, where they get paid minimum like three to five times their normal day rate. Okay. And um, the profits of the facility in Haiti all go to the orphans. Um, so the company's Goax out of Kansas city started the global orphanage project. Okay. Um, so it's kind of this bigger picture. Um, we've been this coming on three years now. Uh, so it's just a huge impact. The, the t-shirt industry is the second most pollutant in the world under oil, um, because of the pesticides used, the, the water it takes to make one t-shirt, a conventional t-shirts, uh, I think 700 gallons of water, you know, to grow the cotton, to produce it, to dye it. Interesting. Um, and just the pesticides used in shirts. And crude oil from transporting back and forth you know overseas uh so that was this huge like oh we can make change um sure. so now the cool part is all of our customers you know a lot of people don't think they can make change because they're like oh i can't make change it's just me i'm one person right um they just bought a t-shirt that helped make change right. and they don't even know it you know they're wearing this t-shirt that they don't even we you know we promote well and you know, we tell people the story yep. but most people don't know that they're impacting lives by wearing this, this
0: t-shirt. Sure. Sure. So it's not just what the t-shirt says, mm-hmm. but it's everything about
2: it's a full, it's a full circle t-shirt. Okay. Um, and we promote, we don't promote the, the kids. Um, I'm not into cause marketing. Uh, I'm not trying to make money off orphans. I'm not trying to make money off, you know, Haitian kids. Um, we promote the sustainability side of it. And that's kind of rad in general. We're going towards that route of becoming more sustainable Um, being more green, um, we're trying, we're probably, I would say the most green shop in Rockford or the only green shop in Rockford. Okay. Um, but working on even more than that, like, uh, we're working on becoming a B Corp, um, which is most people don't know what they are.
0: Yeah. Tell first tell, before you get to B Corp, tell us what, uh, what a green shop is. Um, so people that, yeah, so screen
2: printing shops are pretty, uh, not, (laughs) Eco-friendly, <laughs> uh, you know, just because the the inks. So the inks that most print shops use are called plastisol, and they have plastic in them, okay. um, and phthalate. So it's like these kind of toxic things that you're wearing. Um,
0: and That's why they smell bad. But the cheaper they are, the the this it's usually the, the shirt. The
2: pesticides in the shirt is usually what makes the smell. Um, so plastisol is like this thick plastic. You know, so you think of think of when you wear a t shirt and you you know just go to a sporting event. So you wear this t shirt and it feels like you're wearing a, a piece of armor. Um, cause you have this big plastic chunk on your shirt. Right. Uh, so it's plastic. cell. that's how I started, you know, figured it out. That's how everyone starts. Um, and then you start looking into all the chemicals, your spray adhesives, things we're breathing in chemicals that we clean the screens with. Um, and you know, I think this was into my, my transition in life where I was like, I want to be healthy and mm-hmm. I should take care of my body because if I don't have that. I don't have anything. Right. Right. Uh, so we slowly I forget what year it was. Um, I think we're five year, four years ago now. Um, so kind of mid-rad, like when we open the boutique and just get customers coming into our shop, you know, I want it to be as as clean as possible. Um, so we made the switch to water-based inks. Um, so they're very more uh, complex to print because they dry in the screen, um, but it goes into the t-shirt. Oh, okay. um, sure. So and then with chem, we don't have to use chemicals to clean it; it's just water. Uh, it's all water-soluble. It's safe to go down the drain, even though we don't put it down the drain, but it's safe. Um, chemicals we use now are all uh, biodegradable as green as we can get, you know, so we're trying to get as green as we can get for a print shop. We'll never be hundred percent green. Yeah. It's almost impossible. Um, we have water filtration systems that filter anything that goes down to our drain to like 0.01 microns, um, before going into the water source, you know, back into the water. Um, so yeah, and spray adhesives we use all web tech our uh, web, um, adhesive or not web adhesive, uh, water-based adhesive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying to use as less spray adhesive or, ar- ar- uh, air cells as possible. Okay. Um, in the shop.
0: So with the, as you were experimenting with this and I mm-hmm. and I imagine there was definitely experimentation Oh lots of experiment still experimenting. <laughs> and so yeah. um, be, this is what I when I've listened to other people talk about they it's it's they want to do it grained mm-hmm. but then it's it's harder to make the t-shirt it's harder ink, the, it's
2: more expensive yeah,
0: yeah ink doesn't stay on as well it mm-hmm. doesn't hold up as well what what are, what was that process like of learning to because obviously your t-shirts are going to be a little bit more maybe a little bit more expensive or your mm-hmm. margins going to be a little bit less
2: yeah reliable. so i mean it's all it's all in relative so as you start it's more expensive and then now okay. we got it dialed in so it's not it's sure kind of less expensive because you're not using chemicals now to clean the ink off right you know before with a normal conventional one you'd have to use a you have to spray it you know scrub the ink wipe it off now it's just water okay so you don't you know so you're eliminating a lot of these steps that are you know stuff that your your team members are breathing in and touching uh so yeah so it's um it's it was tricky it still is i mean we're there's not too many manual shops that do water base okay so Uh, in perspective like just going back to all made like so last year we were fifth in sales in the u.s. um selling the t-shirts okay uh we were the only shop in the top 10 that were a manual shop all the rest were all automatics um so we're doing this thing that most people are kind of like how do you do that um luckily we do one two color prints so it's not as like complex uh but most shops don't want to print water-based manually just because it is, it's definitely a, a chore. It's harder work, um, but the quality's there. You know, it's yeah. you, you feel our t-shirts, and you don't feel a print on it. Right. Because um, right. it's in the fabric instead of on the fabric. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it holds up better. It breathes. You don't sweat. You know, if you sweat, it actually breathes through the shirt.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Got
2: um. So yeah, and then <clears throat> just going green in general. It's the I think most of the thing in. I would say in the area, probably in the US, people will think green, they think expensive. It is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not doing it to, you know, it's not like a money making thing. It's, it's my values, you know, right. like we only have one earth. So we got to protect it and do our yeah. part to try to keep it clean. So um, almost every material in our shop paper, toilet paper, soaps they're all eco friendly okay. um, or recycled or bamboo or. Um, you know receipt pay everything's like we're, we're trying to do as much as we can gotcha um so that kind of led into the whole b corp situation okay. and yeah yeah and tell us about so b, corp. b corps are um it's not an s corp it's not a c corp it's not a tax uh, it's nothing tax related it's uh using your business for the force of good okay. um so it's very transparent your community um environmental um uh, and you know your staff so you're trying to create this really amazing place to work that's making change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard <laughs> to get. I've been kind of working on it for a couple of years now. Okay. I think there's only like two print shops in the world that have it. Okay. Uh, so it's tricky, um, but we're, we're getting closer. Uh, you know, we, you kind of do a survey, you go through and you have to get a certain score to be able to apply. Once you get that score, then you send it in and then you have to show that you're doing it all. So mm-hmm. either um, operating, standard operating procedures, uh, SOPs, uh, or doc- just documentation. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing these things? So how are you being environmental? How are you donating to the community? How are you treating your staff? Okay. Like, are everyone, is everyone living wage? Um, so there's this real, it's pretty complex. Sure. Um, but some B Corps are out there, Panagonia, um, Ben & Jerry's, New Belgium. Okay. Um, you know, if you go to Target, Honest, Seventh Generation, all okay. those are B Corps. Okay. Uh, so that's like my goal is to get to that. And okay. then we're just about ready to sign up for 1% for the Planet. Oh okay. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit. So one percent for the planet's uh, this other, it's not hard to do. It's just costly. So we'll be signing up, and we'll be um, legally. It's very contract heavy. Um, that we'll be donating one percent of our sales every year to the planet. Um, so the cool thing is we get to pick where it goes. Um, so it's for non for profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nobody in Rockford that accepts it yet. So I'm trying to get that worked out before I sign up for it. Um, cause I want to keep the money locally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's some Chicago places, but it's, you know, it's kind of fits your, whatever your, your passions are. So I'm trying to look for environmental and probably homeless. Oh, okay. Um, those will be my two local entities that I'm going to try to do to donate. Okay. Um, but there's other things you can donate to, um, you know, advertising. Like if I put an ad in a paper that was advertising the good that we're doing, mm-hmm. that, or you know like the, help, the community help that we're doing um, that'll go towards that okay. or certain things um, we're working on I don't know if you know Carly Rice oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so okay. I'm, I'm working with her right now we're trying to figure out a t-shirt to start selling to help her raise funds to okay. um, help her mission gotcha um, okay. you know her, her passion that she's doing Okay. because uh, a lot of people ask us to help but I like to go to people that I see aren't asking for help right. you know that need help Right. Um, I think it's a little more genuine and it just makes me feel like it's the right thing to do right, right. uh so i went and visited her i saw her operation and i was just blown away oh it's amazing yeah it? and uh it it moved you know it really moved me so that's something that we're working on and that would go i guess towards the you know the one percent of the planet if we were donating money okay. to her or okay. you know whatever it may be
0: so it could it could be it's a variety it's
2: of, a variety uh, of things yeah right. but you just pretty much have to do one percent so it's okay. total sales one percent of your total sales so okay. not gross not net. it's or it would be gross yeah. Um, so yeah so it's kind of a scary and exciting thing because you know we're not like rolling in the money um, so 1% of overall is a big big chunk sure yeah. um, so that's why we're definitely trying to I'm hoping to be in the next couple months but we'll be the only B Corp and the only 1% for the planet in Rockford Okay. Um, so hopefully that kind of starts a movement where more people are interested in and getting on board sure
0: yeah I. yeah and you know it's interesting because those are a lot of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of uh, you know because a lot of companies you know will talk about or organization will talk about community outreach mm-hmm. and we'll be doing different types of things but what I'm hearing you say is that there's a lot of things that you've done again behind the scenes to try to make not only talk about making a difference but then living Making the difference.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a life choice. You know, it's how I live my life too. Like I try to buy from B Corps. I try to buy green-oriented things. Try to buy lo- you know as local as possible. Um, You know, it's it has to be. You know, it's not genuine if it's just like, well, I do my business, but then when I go home, I just waste everything and you know I buy everything that's disposable and throw everything away and mm-hmm. you know it's it has to be full circle. Right. You know, right. you have to. You know, do what you do what you say, because um, it's it, and it's hard. It's hard to do that if you're doing one thing. You know, it's like you have two. You have an alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just been this. It's been a fun ride seeing other people that are passionate about it mm-hmm. um, in Rockford and mm. in the area of like, oh, you're into sustainability and you're into you know um, missions in Haiti. And, you know, helping that out. Uh, so it's just it's and it's connections. You know, right. it's meeting people through being like minded and experiences. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier is we have a choice, right? We, you know, we're all going to have, you know, be in a certain mood or whatever, and it's easy to go to to negative. And I think underlying most negative is probably some sense of fear Mm -hmm. that something out there is causing us to be uncomfortable. And, and, And if nothing else, negativity, this this false sense of not being vulnerable Mm -hmm. because it seems to take a greater initially take a greater risk to be positive Mm to to uh, to be life-giving to to take that reach even with everything you just talked about and um but then as it becomes part of a lifestyle and you're you're integrating in all areas of your life. We talk mm-hmm. about integrity and, mm-hmm. and w- when I run my men's groups, we talk about h- how to be a man in integrity in all our affairs, not just in one domain, but right. at, at home, uh, at work or school, in the community, You know, when people are watching and when people aren't watching. Yeah. And when we can be consistent mm-hmm. with that, things flow easier.
2: And being positive's hard. You know because we're we're saturated and surrounded by negativity. you know mm-hmm. on social media, Facebook mm-hmm. you're you're made to be seen a certain way or you know how you post your photos or everyone's critiquing you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and, and Instagram's a, a horrible thing because it's everyone it leaves fake lives. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, like people don't know what you look like behind the scenes because you have a front. You know, you have this photo that has this amazing view and you're like, man, these look like the perfect people. Mm -hmm. But then behind the scenes, and that's, you know, with celebrities and, you know, you see all that with suicide and everyone's like, oh, they look great. They look like they're having a great life. Um, But it's kind of like smoke and mirrors to me. Uh, But I think that's the last couple of years have been a huge mental health thing for me of trying to stay positive, because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Running a business is not easy. um, And that's been, you know, like I go to KP counseling Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. Uh, so that's been a huge part of, of my transition. Um, and then just having a routine, mm-hmm. you know, creating a routine that's positive of meditation, yoga, working out, um, being healthy, um, just caring about what you put in your body and what you think about. And it's, it's been crazy. Yeah. Like noticing the change of like, Oh, I don't get as mad that often and things that upset me anymore. And, yeah. um, and it's just this lifestyle, you yeah. know, it's the lifestyle of, if you think it, you can do it, and mm-hmm. um, but it takes a lot of work. It, it, it's, it, it's not like a click a button. They're like, oh, I'm great now. I'm positive and yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a you know it takes. I forget what the the statistics are. How many yeah. things it takes to do? How many how many times it takes to do something to make it a routine? Sure. It's like right. I don't know a couple hundred times. Or yeah.
0: And and I think the more that the more that you do, it, but it, it goes back to what you said about um, discipline mm-hmm. and and that work ethic is and being intentional about that. It, and if we do end up taking a left-hand turn for, for whatever reason, right. for being, then, yep, it may take two right-hand turns to get back on track, yeah. but it's still doable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about social media and, um, you know, people will talk about the negativity and using Facebook as an ex- as an mm-hmm. example. Uh, you know, all this negativity is on Facebook or, or whatever it may be. And, um, and I, I remember noticing that on my newsfeed, there was nothing negative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, well, why is that? And then I had someone that was on, on my, um, that I, I followed or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they dropped off. And I was wondering, well, is this person not on anymore? or Whatever it may have been. Well, when I went back and looked, is that I had not liked or opened <laughs> or commented um, on any of this person's stuff. And however that works. The The algorithm, yeah. Yeah, however (laughs) that worked, that person's stuff was never in my newsfeed. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much that is like in life. That, you know, that if you only are putting out um, life-giving or positive um, uh, out there, then that ends up being what you're gonna see.
2: totally yeah yeah cause I, and that's and I think that's something where uh, I guess going back to Carly Rice is like talking to her I was blown away by I didn't know the prostitution and sex tra- or the human trafficking in Rockford was that big yeah. um, because I'm in a I'm in this world where I'm pitching positivity yeah um, and I'm selling it and I'm living it yeah. but I'm not seeing the outliers because that's not in my feed yeah. you know my feed is that's a perfect example it's like my feeds full of this good stuff and every time I'm out someone is wearing a shirt and they're just excited and they come talk to me and yeah. so I'm just that's all I'm seeing you know I'm not seeing someone wearing a shirt or talking about shirts and being like oh well Rockford has this problem going on right. um, so I had to kind of go search for that right. um, you know to and, and that's something like I want to use our base and our our name to help spread more you know right. like how can we help in certain areas and um, what can we do to help like we're, we're small we're a small yeah. business yeah. and we don't have Funds to do a lot of things, but we do have the the reach of social media and right. the reach of people and community, yeah. um, and I think that's more powerful than money. Because yeah. um, once you get, you know, it's kind of creating an army. Yeah. Uh, the more people you have, the more you can do.
0: Yeah. Well, I do think though one of the one of the things that Rad has done, and why I think it's been continued to grow at the rate it's grown, is because it started off of that word of mouth, almost mm-hmm. like an underground feel. Yep. And there was that element of there was something cool about it because it wasn't a box store. It yes. wasn't you know, you know doing like everyone else. And and I think that was even with some of the the sayings you had on your T-shirts mm-hmm. were were kind of edgy, kind of in you know why wouldn't you be positive about Rockford? Right. Why and and when Brittany was on before, she talked about the eight one five story and mm-hmm. how that came about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and then of course, where, you know, what blew up after that. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's, we know what the story is. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. You can't necessarily copyright that. So Correct. You can, you, you can copyright the story. You can't copyright the, can't the, the, code. the number,
2: the name. Yeah. So it's the, the industry we're in is, is very uh, tricky yeah. because you, you know, the designs that we come up with, we can't trademark most of them because they're city related. Right. Um, and I don't think we've ever had a problem with any of that. Like, People do what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, if we get ripped off, it's fine. You know, yeah. they, it's not, it's on them. You know, karma, karma is an interesting animal and it, yeah. it'll do its, it'll do its course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, never, you know, the, just seeing, I mean, 815 is a whole nother story, but yeah. just watching that blow up into what it is now in Rockford, mm-hmm. like just the pride of seeing, Anywhere you drive down Rockford, you can see eight one five something. Yeah. Um, whether it be a, a name of an event, the name of a store, yeah. um, every, like everything and anything, yeah. you know, like yeah. it, it created this trademark or this landmark now in Rockford where eight one five is bigger than Rockford, but everyone thinks it's just Rockford now. Right. Um, even eight one five day, it's well, it's Rockford day. Yeah. Um, and that's been on my. I keep trying to push. I'm like, no, it's eight one five day. It's on August fifteenth. Yeah. Um, but Rockford wants it to be Rockford day right yeah. um so yeah i have you know i let that go cuz it's not my <laughs> yeah it's too, not not for me to worry about um but it's just crazy seeing how it embraced it so you see 815 now most people even traveling they're like oh you're from rockford yeah and it's like well i could be from dixon or i could be from the suburbs or i could be you know cuz 815 is a big area code yeah yeah uh so it's it's cool seeing how it, it turned into what it is.
0: Yeah. And I think again, like it's it's one of those things it wasn't necessarily what was ever intended. No. It, it, yeah, it just
2: kinda happened and coincidentally it was on August fifteenth and uh and it all just I guess the stars aligned and yeah. and it worked out and um you know I wish we could do a lot of other things in 815 and keep doing artist series, but everyone wants 815. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, we give the people what they want. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, and I think there is, and this is very much sounds like what you, what you have been doing, is being in that flow. Mm-hmm. And in when you're being consistent with with what who you are, who you want to be, what your lifestyle is in front of people and behind the scenes... You're more likely to be in that in that flow, and mm-hmm. um, I've just was just recently listening to something about being in that spiritual alignment or flow. However, mm-hmm. and, and as you put it, the stars align and things just click. Yeah, and you can't really force that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do your part and just let just let that happen. And and I think it's and I kind of going back to what I think of with with Rad is that it's very much that word of mouth. Um, e- even when you guys do any type of uh, advertisement, it's, it's almost more. When I see it, it's more advertisement of an event that you're mm-hmm. um, endorsing or sponsoring or part of, and so again, it's just a way of getting the word so other people can talk about right. whatever is happening.
2: Yeah, we created. A, I guess the thing was we created a culture. Yeah. Um, we don't pitch sales. We don't. Um, I mean, actually, this year is the first time that I've actually went out to start getting custom work sales. We've been, for you know 15 years, fully organic. Okay. You know, we'll throw 20 bucks at a Facebook ad, but we don't really spend a lot on real advertising because mm-hmm. we have such a good organic base. Mm-hmm. You know, our referrals are the best way of advertising. Yeah. Like, I could spend $1,000 on a TV ad, or I could sell two t-shirts to someone that's so excited about it, yeah. and they tell their family, their friends, mm-hmm. you know, their coworkers. Um, that's got so much more value because it's genuine Um, and people trust other people, you know, so they trust the referral being like, this is the most comfortable t-shirt I've ever worn. And then you're like, well, I want a comfortable t-shirt too. Like I want to wear the most comfortable t-shirt ever. Uh, And then they start learning about it and they learn the story. And then that pulls them in even more because they're like, I'm wearing a t-shirt that's comfortable and made change and is made locally. There's passion involved in it. Um, You know, Printing manually, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in each shirt. Um, you know, there's a lot of connection. the whole The whole line's just fully connected. Yeah. Um, every the, all the hands that touch one t shirt is. Yeah, I can't even. I don't even know how many hands. So many hands. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know that that helped you create the the vibe, the look that you're going for when you go out to you know grab a beer somewhere and yeah. um, just the story. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's big. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that you know, just like what we talked about originally is this is all about stories of transformation Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's major horrific setbacks like Mm -hmm. we've talked about you mentioned suicide or mental illness and in that element and sometimes it may just be not as um, dramatic setbacks as that Mm -hmm. maybe it's just um, this didn't work out or timing or something's going on with you know within the nation Mm -hmm. and the industry changed or whatever and and how do we persevere through that how do we you know keep working keep moving and and i think what i heard you say is this idea of trusting in um what you know you can bring to the table Mm -hmm. and then being true to the best you can to be true to who you are right we're all going to have distractions Mm -hmm. and um and then how can we be aware of that and then if we have made a left-hand turn what do we need to get get right at?
2: yeah yeah it's definitely um I mean, distractions are every day uh, and I've, you know, I think I've personally found like, you know, on the way here I was listening to brain FM okay, um, and it's just like brain waves and ambient noises and that's kind of how I focus before stuff for, you know, like for a big day I'm going and meditating or, you know, there's so many apps out there and, yeah. and keeping focused. Yeah. Um, and it's the hard part, you know, like one little thing can set you can ruin your day. Yeah. Um but it's how do you bounce back from that? Yeah. You know, I think that's the the most important part of all of it is even the negativity on Rockford, you know, like number one most dangerous or whatever it's like, okay, that's a thing. But how do we how do we fix it? Yeah. We can complain about it, but what if you try to fix it instead of yeah. complaining about it? Right. It's way more powerful. Yeah. Um you know, and that obviously it's you're in the profession too. It's like, how do we make everyone happy and, yeah. and get everyone that's positive? But yeah. it's impossible.
0: Well, it's kind of like what you talked about with with Carly or or mm-hmm. like even your your boutique, your store. Is that yeah, that may be true, but if you come here, it's safe. Yes. And and if you in in Carly is, is in her courage and her boldness that in in her heart that she's going to continue reaching out. And Mm -hmm. so she's not necessarily trying to, you know, I think that saying goes, not necessarily trying to change the world. She's just wanting to make sure the world doesn't change her or, or, or yourself and, and how, how to just be able to, um, be true to that. Mm -hmm. And when we have the distractions, um, what can I do to get, it righted yeah. i agree with the idea of um meditating mm-hmm. and and movement for yep. me um i i know i need to exercise and, mm-hmm. and stretch and and the, but i also a, need to slow this down such a so. good
2: thing yeah i know it's the those are things you're like yeah i want to exercise i want to do this you know i'll do it i'll do it next up tomorrow yeah. but you know it's, i think a lot of people is everything once you see results you know once you feel how good it is yeah um, it's very addictive. Yeah. You know, to be like, oh, I feel great. Like, yeah. I can go up the stairs now and I'm out of breath. Yeah. It's like, it yeah. feels amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we are, we're going to be doing another one. Um, in September, we have a Suicide Awareness Month mm-hmm. and, and utilizing some of the things that, using another artist out of the Ashes event, mm-hmm. but now we're adding athletes out of the Ashes. Oh, perfect. And the idea of how using athletics or using movement, how does that help transform somebody? Mm-hmm. And Or using art as a platform of um, creating something, kind of right. like the whole process of learning how to um, create something through. It, it could be as elaborate as creating a T-shirt mm-hmm. um, or it may be something smaller and just drawing or whatever yeah and you know, when Caleb was um, at Rockford University he had taken uh, printmaking classes mm-hmm. for four um four years um, with Menard oh yeah and uh <laughs> and learned a ton from yeah. him you know and, Dave's but a good he would, oh yeah yeah it sounds like it's just a great guy yep. and I' met him a couple times but he would just put his headphones on mm-hmm. and he would just carve and regardless of his during football season yep. uh, when he yeah, he's stressed very out. focused yeah he's a good he's a good one yeah so it was uh it, w- it was a good experience for him mm-hmm. and um and he's enjoyed it even after he's now graduated and and, uh, and has a little uh, set that he does down in the basement yeah. at the house and stuff like that so yeah so he uh but just being able to create just being able to go into that that space and that of just uh, doesn't necessarily have to be for any other reason just to just to do
2: it yeah it's a good outlet it's, you know we're you know, the social media thing it's like getting doing, using your hands for you know I guess good like yeah. making something where they I mean even going outside planting flowers yeah. or just things that you're using your hands for that you're not in front of a TV yeah. or a computer or a phone like um, nature is such a good yeah. a good change in your attitude and um, and it makes you feel feel so small Yeah, you know yeah. going out in nature and being like this is huge like these trees have been here for hundreds of years yeah. and and they made it you yeah. know they, they've been doing it
0: yeah and and we can either embrace that enjoy that mm-hmm. or not even notice which yep. is almost worse than as bad as cutting them down yep. right J- yep. just to cut them down yeah. so so jared as we get ready to wrap up mm-hmm. what would be you know through all the different things that you've experienced and um what would be something that you would want the audience because a lot of times the people who are listening are just ordinary people mm-hmm. and and they want to hear stories and and of, about people of how they either in business like in your case or in through a combination of uh, IT and then as entrepreneurial want to yeah. just be part what would you what would you want to share with somebody who may be listening?
2: Um, like don't give up um, you know entrepreneur part and it's it's been exciting seeing younger you know the, the millennials I guess because mm-hmm. I'm right outside of that mm-hmm. tier sure. um, seeing them just trying to create and mm-hmm. become something and you know, I would say don't rush into things. Mm. Um, it's not a quick quick buck. There's never a get rich quick scheme on, I don't know, unless you're selling, I don't know, drugs, I don't know, maybe <laughs> that's a get rich scheme. <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah, it's it's patience, um, enjoy the ride, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, memories, try to make memories, try to make connections. Like the biggest thing that's helped me in this business was connections, yeah. was talking to people, face to face, meeting yeah. at events um, being genuine, um, asking questions. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge one. Like even to like my staff, I'm like, ask questions, you know, to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you can't grow if you don't ask questions, Right. you can listen, you can, yeah. you know, read a book, but ask questions to people that have lived things. Yeah. Um, you know, the older generation, everybody, it's like, we've all gone through so many things and it's fun to learn stories mm-hmm. and hear about experiences because it's, it's real. Right. Um, So yeah, say don't give up um, and positivity. Mm -hmm. It's been my big push lately is, you know, when people try to start negative, I try to bump in a little positivity um, or a scenario like, well, we woke up today. It's like, we're here, you know, Mm -hmm. we're living and and we can do so much stuff with that. Uh, So yeah, it's, um, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited Mm -hmm. for what personally and business-wise I'm doing and and trying to do Mm -hmm. Uh, and just, you know, try to grow every day.
0: Well, I appreciate you, you know, one, being here on the journey, because it's about transformation. It's about making that choice to be healing, growing, moving forward. And, yeah, there's going to be setbacks. Yeah, there's going to be stumbling blocks. Um, how do we learn from them? How do we grow from them? Um, you've given some great examples. Um, and and then also taught us some things about some things I didn't know about, B Corp and <laughs> yeah. the 1%. And those mm-hmm. are all, um, I think, are good things for us to learn more about and because um, you're absolutely right, we got one planet, mm-hmm. similar to like having one body. Yep. Um, if we don't take care of it, um, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, w- we have a responsibility to take care of it, our bodies as well as yes, as the it's Earth. It's a
2: package well deal. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, Jared, thank you very much. Um, I know that you get uh, the upcoming season is is pretty big with yeah. uh, all the summer events you yeah. have going on. City
2: market starts Friday and Main Street Market Saturday, so. Yeah. It's a good kickoff to the season as yeah. two big events back to <laughs> back. Yeah,
0: so that'll be uh, that'll be good, and mm-hmm. hopefully the uh, you'll be able to have continued good following and, mm-hmm. and good response. So, yeah. well, thank you very much, yeah, thank and you. I appreciate you being on. And um, as as our events continue going on, we'll we'll our paths will definitely cross again. And we'll will appreciate work it. Work some projects. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you very much for being with us here on the journey, and uh, look forward to being with you again uh, next week.